Welcome to Matt Talk with Jake and Braden. Five, six, seven, eight. All right, welcome. Uh, I am Jake, and I am here with uh, Braden, um, and we are starting this podcast today. Um, at this time, we do not have a name. Time of recording, no name. Um, it will be out soon, though. Um, so yeah, we uh, wanted to create this podcast to talk about cheerleading, high school cheerleading, all-star cheerleading, college cheerleading, um, just be a place to discuss cheerleading, um, get different opinions, talk about those, express our opinions um, with our background, and get into it. So yeah, there's a, I'm excited for a, for us to be able to talk about it and build like a safe community to discuss what's going on in cheerleading and give our uh, very quality opinions on everything because jake and i are very strong opinion people and uh you know it's going to be it's going to be enjoyable having these conversations and hopefully in the future we get some guests on and bring you some entertainment for everyone interested in in the podcast and and get some different looks on not just all-star cheerleading not just high school cheerleading not just college cheerleading but as you can tell by the the name of this episode life after cheerleading which is just uh, if not more important than cheerleading itself no definitely uh cheerleading has a lot of lessons a lot of um things that i mean i know personally i didn't really realize until after cheerleading i was like well this this applies to life and there's people who i still uh, uh am in connection with still talk to that help me daily with life so uh Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, we're going to start with introductions, just a little bit um, about us, about our cheerleading careers, um, different things like that, so you know who we are before we actually dive deeper into this. So, uh, Brayden, tell us a little bit about your cheerleading experience, your accomplishments, and just all that cheerleading has been for you. Uh, well, I actually didn't start my athletic career in cheerleading. I started in gymnastics. I did that until I was about 14 or 15, and I switched over to cheerleading because I wanted something new. I was kind of getting burnt out of of gymnastics. I wanted something new in my life and something fun. And so I switched over and started at Cheer Athletics as a good, you know, first place to go. You know, super small and homey and not large at all. And Back then, was it only Cheer Athletics Plano? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was at only Cheer Athletics Plano. They're in the, they're actually in the same location they are right now. I got there like two months after they moved, but uh, right after I left. Yeah, right after you left. Literally right after. Like Jake came and I took a spot and I was like, I'm here, you know. But uh, after after that, I, I I got onto Cheetahs, the large co-ed five. I was on that team for about three and a half years. Um, spent a year on Claw Six. Did some time on Wildcats. After that, I actually went to um, the university or Southern Methodist University for a year, chaired there where I won a national championship in Daytona, um, transferred to the University of Oklahoma. Funny enough, I actually drove back and forth from Oklahoma while on the cheer team and going to school full time to be on Wildcats. And then um, chaired there for three years. My junior year, I got the opportunity to be on Team USA and go to Poland to compete where we got our first ever um, road win for the national team. And I got the opportunity to do, um, to do, or I was going to get the opportunity to do a partner stunt, but we'll get into more, that more later. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, 
really quick, what meaningful lessons um, from cheerleading did you gain that you now use today? Oh, so many. Um, so meaningful lessons I gained. Let's see. I think there, okay, there, here's one a big one, and this has actually come up a lot lately. I'm right now, I'm going through a lot of interviews and stuff for medical school. And this is one of the things that looking back on my cheerleading career and everything, this is how I apply it all into moving forward into my life after cheerleading. And I would say that the biggest thing is the ability to lead and follow. A lot of people really put emphasis on leadership and being able to like, oh, he's a leader, he's a leader, he's a leader, or she's a leader, they're a leader, whatever. They they put this emphasis on being able to step forward and take charge, which is fantastic. I think that's a very important virtue. But it's also super important to be able to step back and let other people do that. And that's one thing I've noticed a lot on cheer teams, which is super important. And it, it's on every team you, you're on. In All-Star, I saw it on whenever I first got there. I mean, you, you can't be on a team for a month and be like, I'm in charge. I'm the leader here. It just doesn't work that way. Like the people who've been on the team for a while, the older people are the ones who have those leadership roles and you are not that experience. You're not, you haven't experienced that team's specific camaraderie and same thing in college. Like as a, as a sophomore on Oh Your Cheer, no matter what I did, I wasn't going to be a leader because I'm not a senior. I'm, I don't have the, that experience. I'm not an upperclassman. I'm not 22 years old. I was 19. And no matter how talented you are, it doesn't matter about leadership. So you need to be able to to do both of those in order to be successful. And that really takes it across. If you're in a, if you're at a workplace and you have colleagues or you're working on a project in college or something and you're like this certain area, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comf- confident with that. You take charge in that that's where you're a leader. But on those things, you're like, you know what? I think this person knows more than me. It's okay to step back and be like, I'm, I'm going to follow your lead on this. Right. No, I think that definitely is great. I mean, there are things that even in cheerleading, like on a team, like you mentioned, like you could be the best tumbler and be able to help people tumbling, but then it comes to stunts. I know I was always more of a tumbler and you, you are way better at partner stunting than I ever was. So when it came to stunting, I had people that I was like, help me. I can tumble all day, but throwing a girl, I need help. Yeah, there's also like even skill level doesn't equate to leadership. Like just because you were, some people are like really good at, at cheerleading, like really good. And then they're just those people who step back and that's fine. Like it, it, you, yeah. as long as you know your role and you're good at your role, then you excel. Do you think communication has anything to do with that? I mean, oh. I know some of the best cheerleaders and they – the reason they necessarily can't be those strong leaders is because they don't know how to communicate that information effectively. They, they tend to beat people down or it comes off that way, or they're just, they don't have that level of understanding. At that level, you're looking at constructive criticism, like things like that, being able to talk to a teammate and be like, this is what I need from you. This is what I want from you. Or someone saying that to you and you'd be able to say it's for the greater good of the team and not take it personally. Because like, especially when you're at the caliber of the teams of world's teams or or collegiate teams, and you're like, this is what you need to do. Like you need to get a better grip and maybe that stunt's going to be a little easier. That's not you being like, get a better grip. You know, it's, it's not not coming for someone. It's like, this is what you need to be successful. And I'm attempting to help you get there. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, with all of your cheerleading experience, what was the most memorable moments from your cheerleading career? memorable moments 
starting with All Star, I'm gonna split this up into All Star and Collegiate because I feel like those are two way different areas, and they, they deserve yeah. Sounds good. So <laughs> I would say in All Star, the time I remember the most, and that's the most meaningful to me, is the two and a half minutes on the mat at Worlds Finals. I have multiple different experiences doing that. You know, losing hard, winning, almost winning, but not winning. It's I've experienced it all, and I can tell you it is just like I you can't describe it the feeling of being on that floor your heart you can hear your heartbeat no matter how loud the music is you can like hear your breaths you can feel your heartbeat in your fingers you can just time slows down it's amazing and I remember going up there and winning worlds outside in the outside arena last the last year they had it yeah slippery floor oh yeah (laughs) but it was crazy because Whenever, and this is one of the moments, you know, one of the things that like I will remember this forever. Whenever we hit our main stunt that year, everything hit. I've got chills just now. Like the crowd (laughs) yelling and knowing, like at that point, I was like, this is it. We just did it. And then you have like, I was on another team, I was on Wild, and I thought we did really great. And it just didn't cut it that year. We hit our routine and it just wasn't enough. And going onto that floor, I was super confident. And whenever they said second place and I heard Plano, Texas, and I was like, hmm, that's weird. Who else is from Plano? But it, it wasn't someone else. <laughs> it was us. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, regardless, though, I still remember that having those little moments and stuff like that. And then collegiate. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard and I've talked to people too. It seems like there's two different way as it goes you remember every single thing in detail and like you said like those breasts your heart beating um for me i was the opposite it was like the music would start and i remember the first eight count and then all of a sudden i'm doing the dance and i'm like what the heck happened like there are many times i walk off the floor and would go to my flyer and i was like did did we hit our stunt like i just went into autopilot mode and muscle memory kicked in and it was that fight or flight with adrenaline I call those blackout fallouts. Yeah, music that was start, every competition for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, we're already done. Like, what's going on? Uh, so yeah, okay. What about college? Oh, college, easily most memorable moment was the day I made partner stunt, and I didn't even get to compete it. I just remember sitting there. We put our we put our routine together in like literally thirty six hours. Like we were like, you want to do partner stunt? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I was, when's it do? And I was like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> But we threw it together. We sat in that gym. I, I like took off work and everything. I skipped some classes. I know I'm probably not supposed to say that, but whatever. Um, don't skip class. Yeah, don't skip class. <laughs> but we literally sat there for like seven hours, got a routine together, and it was, I mean, it was fantastic. And we we got we made it, and we started training, and that was some of my favorite favorite experiences because I mean, I just you know I love partner stunt. I love partner stunting. It's one of my favorite thing about cheerleading. So being able to do that and everything, and getting the opportunity to even be invited to compete was amazing yeah no that's big for sure because not not everyone makes it um okay so um cheerleading how has it shaped you into who you are now um and what lessons do you still think apply to your daily life i mean we talked about the leader and follower a little bit but um what else has kind of shaped you and made you who you are today especially well we talked about communication also about how the people who can communicate across their points well are the ones who are able to to take on the leadership roles and be able to have that meaningful connection with your theme 
which brings on teamwork also. Communication and teamwork, I think, go hand in hand. In order to have good teamwork, you need to have good communication with everybody that you're with. And those two things have really, I mean, going into to group projects in college, into these areas where you're working with people who you really honestly don't know. You're just like, I, I have I have one class with you. That's this, And I know your name. That's the extent of the knowledge I know about you. And then going into the workplace of going into a job and realizing that these aren't really my friends. They're my coworkers. And don't, don't get me wrong. You could build a friendship with your coworkers. But I mean, when you walk in, it's, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. And one of the most important things I have ever learned from cheerleading, coexisting. Because everybody talks about having friends and all this, but they don't talk about coexisting. Because I guarantee everybody has had a teammate, and I'm not going to name any, that you're like, oh my God, I think if I spend one more minute with you, I'm going to quit. <laughs> yep. like, you're like, oh my God, like I cannot stand this person. You, everybody has If you're like, oh no, I'm friends with everybody. Oh, you're lying. You're lying to you. You're lying to your friends. You're lying to everybody. There's always one person. And it's fine. Everybody has that person. I guarantee that person has someone else. And the big thing is being able to coexist with people that you might not naturally and genuinely get along with. There's going to be people in life where you're like, wow, I just, if I had a choice, an option, it would not be spending time with you. <laughs> and you have to be able to deal with those people and, and spend time with them regardless and, and get work and be efficient and be, be like, be able to communicate with them effectively right. regardless of how personal feelings yeah that's definitely something that ties into i mean life in the workplace like i mean i'm a teacher now and we have groups and there are some people i might disagree with but learning how to like okay i have to show up and see you every day yeah um so let's just professional courtesy put it aside like and i know when cheerleading you've probably heard a lot too when you step on that mat everything else goes out the window oh yeah so yeah, same thing kind of, I guess, when you walk through the, the doors of a workplace. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than getting in an argument with someone where you're like, oh, my gosh. And I have to see you Monday and Tuesday yeah. and Wednesday uh, and Thursday and Friday? Oh, God. Great. For eight hours each of those days. Oh. Wonderful. What, what an experience. This could be amazing. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and go to our fifth question really quick before we go to your uh, – end of cheerleading story but okay, uh, cool. favorite or, favorite or most funny story from cheerleading oh <laughs> oh okay both of these are an all-star i got two both of these are an all-star okay. um easily the first one i'm not i i was never on a team with you jake but i mean i worked with you and you know we've been around each other a lot you were around me when i was an athlete too but uh i'm a puker absolutely 100 i'm a puker i he definitely is. oh wow yes like full outs puke uh stunt run puke like i honestly one time i ate something bad before practice puked after a run through was not 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 at high in my life it was it was definitely a low but it happened let me just clarify brayden doesn't puke because he's like out of shape <laughs> or not good enough or like can't handle it he just is like, oh, my stomach can't like feels weird right now, and will go throw <laughs> up and come back and be like, what I miss? Like I feel fine. And keep going, one hundred percent. Like oh, he I just, I don't know why. There's a definitely a period of time where I was like, if I get ahead of it, 
then I won't puke during practice. So I literally walk in the doors and just puke. <laughs> like, first thing, I would just walk in and puke. And everyone's like, are you okay? I'm like, I am now. Let's do it. Let's go float. Yeah. There's nothing like the feeling after you puke. Oh, like, it's just, you're like, oh, I can take on the world right now. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But I was, it was at the end of a full out. I, we, we, I'm, I'm going into the dance and I'm like, this is, uh, I can feel it building up something. This is going to be like, not good. I, I'm about to puke. We're on the back floor. I am like probably 75 yards from concrete of the, like, the open area in the front of the gym. And so I I end the routine and I'm looking around and here's the thing. I puked a lot. And after you puke a lot, you, you start to get rules from your coaches. And the main rule was don't puke on my carpet because that requires a lot of cleaning. And so, um, being the brilliant person that I am, I looked around and I saw the closest concrete I could find. And I dove, underneath a tumble track and puked and i don't know if you've ever been underneath a tumble track but it's not the most sanitary place and there was like hair and pit and like all like tape rolls and after i threw up i was like maybe that probably wasn't the best idea did they make you clean it up oh 100 they made me clean it up are you kidding me 100 oh yeah they're like i'm not touching that and so i had to crawl underneath the tumble track with like a it's like scoop yeah it was not fun <laughs> and the second time i uh, did a I did my tumbling pass and I gave it a little too much juice at the end of it um, into my double. And uh, you like I pulled my feet through at, at the landing and I hit the floor and I rebounded backwards. And literally as my feet hit the floor, I rebounded backwards. And I, I thought, hmm, we're on the side. There's a wall behind me. And then I opened my eyes and I was inside of the wall. And uh, yeah, Solid. punched, rebounded straight through, just back through a wall. It was... It was fun. Thank God there wasn't like a, a board there because that would not felt good. But yeah, I tumbled. Big metal I beam. To, I had to crawl out of the hole and be like, we're good, guys. No worries. Everything's fine here. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So last question. Um, I know we kind of talked about this beforehand, um, but I know, especially being in the high school realm, now, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of seniors last. Like I've experienced football games um, and things like that where – when it's over, it's over. And there's a not, not a lot of them going to college or they may not be going to college. And so it's kind of over. Um, did you have kind of closure and get out of cheerleading, the competing in cheerleading um, willingly? Or did you have one of those kind of heartbreaking moments that, you know, it was over, it was time to move on and you've had to kind of learn and deal with that? So my answer to that, is kind of both like okay there was like so the actual end like the end of cheerleading for me as an athlete was in this last year in 2020 in it was supposed to be may or april supposed to be april at daytona but um in march during spring break it kind of got messed up and so i i I applied to partner science as we were talking about earlier i made it it was been if y'all and for those people who don't know me personally Partner stunt for me has been like the second I joined cheerleading, I was like, I want to do partner stunt. Like that is my goal. Like I wanted to be on Team USA and everything, but like that was my number one goal was I want to compete in partner stunt. I want to be the guy who's 5'8", the guy who's not the big guy and go out there and be like, he can keep up. He shouldn't be able to, but he can. That was my goal. And when I made partner stunt, I qualified. I didn't even qualify top 10, but I was ecstatic. 
oh my god it was like dream come true it really was a dream come true and in march after preparing since january they canceled it because of coronavirus and i remember i was on vacation when i got that email on spring break and i opened it up and it was like there will not be a daytona they're canceling it there won't be anything we're just going to pick it up again next year and i was graduating so there wasn't a next year for me i remember opening that email and like i started to cry like it was like yeah. not only was like because that was like the end of it for me like it wasn't like oh dang i missed competition it was like that that was my last competition i didn't get to do it and it not only was it my last competition but it was my last competition doing my biggest goal and biggest dream in cheerleading so in that aspect it was like heartbreaking but after getting out and moving home to dallas from oklahoma started hanging around and you know going to some practices and having fun and really just enjoying it without the stress of actually being on the team and it got to a point a few months in where i was like i'm okay with with not i'm okay with being done I'm okay with not doing this again i enjoy the sport it's a it's an amazing experience and it's always fun my body's a little too old to tumble now it really hurts but i'll stun around all day um but it's just I'm, I'm cool with it now. I'm okay with it. And that's a nice feeling. I was not okay with it in March yeah. or May. But Rightfully okay so. Yeah. All right, Jake. That is enough about me. We're going to switch right. gears over and we're going to interrogate Jake about his life, his cheer experiences, and his life after cheerleading. So, Jake, can you talk to me more about your cheer experiences and your accomplishments throughout your life? All right. So, um, my cheerleading experience, it kind of starts, like people always ask when I started cheering. I officially started cheering in fourth grade. Um, but as long as I can remember, I was in tumbling classes. Um, part of that was I'm a twin. Me and my twin were born premature. Um, and it was like a doctor recommendation to put us in like the little mommy and me tumbling kind of classes. I want to see that um, description. Okay. <laughs> at least I want to see that prescription. Doctor said at least four back handsprings a week to remain healthy. Yeah, it, it was required. I had checkups and everything. But uh, <laughs> so we did that. And then I just remember always being in it. Like I was um, at a small gym here in Waco, Texas called Waco Gymnastics and Cheer Unlimited and was doing tumbling classes. Um, and it started kind of as one a week. And I think like second or third grade, I started wanting to be there more. Um, and so I would do two or three a week. Um, that's where I started to become a gym rat. But in fourth grade, I, uh, kind of told my mom like, Hey, I want to compete. I don't want to just go to these classes and be doing this for nothing. And so she talked to the gym owner and he was like, all right, we have cheer and gymnastics. Um, and really ultimately what made my decision was the gymnastics coach came to me and handed me my uniform and was like, see you at practice next week. And I was like, uh, I don't want to wear this. I'm going to do cheerleading. And showed up to cheer practice, not knowing what I was doing, but I knew I didn't have to wear a leotard. Um, and Tunic, not a leotard. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> um, but after that, I fell in love with it. And like I started cheering way back when they didn't even have number divisions. My first team I was on was Junior Prep Intermediate. Um, so and I work. started with, yeah, started with a round off series, um, but ended the season with a full. And over the summer, I got a double. And yeah, for the fifth grade, it kind of grew a lot. Yeah, um, no way. But then I cheered to that small gym until it got to the point where I didn't really have a level five team or a world team. Now I guess it's level six. 
but um, I was the only one throwing specialty level five skills. Like I had a full whip double back when that was legal, specialty through to that, standing through to that. And the next closest person on my team was doing like consistent doubles. And then it was a steep drop off. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have all these goals. Like I want to win NCA. I want to win worlds. Like I, I want to cheer in college and um, I, I want to go be where I go to where I can be successful. And so I chose cheer athletics. Um, I was on cheetahs in 10, 11 and 11, 12, 10, 11 was when we were medium co-ed. I guess it was semi-limited co-ed that year. And then the next year, 2011, 12, um, it became large co-ed. So I did that one worlds in 2012. And then I went and, uh, cheered my freshman year at Oklahoma state. Um, and around like January, February ish, um, I quit. My body was not hanging in there. I lost <laughs> a lot of weight. It was just not okay. And I kind of, well, I mean, like, quitting, right. quitting because you don't want to do it and quitting for quit, like quitting reasons is a lot different than quitting because of your health. Like, right. You didn't quit. And it was, your body was like, you're done. <laughs> like yeah. your body was like, like I couldn't done. do a lot of my tumbling skills anymore. And like, looking back, like there wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't giving effort. I legitimately would go up to the gym and roll out a mat every day and try and tumble and just something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't okay. And it got to the point where like, I just hurt. I get knots in my stomach trying to go to practice and just know that more of that was coming. And it just, um, it was kind of time to be done. And yeah. so and being done by health reasons, that's never fun because it, you kind of get the whole heartbreaking thing of this is what I want to do, but my body says no. That's right. And yeah. I mean, I kind of try, I tried again. I, uh, I cheered on tribe Tomahawks for worlds 2016. Um, and I joined right after NCA and competed with them through worlds. And that was kind of my final, like, okay, I really am done. <laughs> I thought I could do it again, but like <laughs> my body had never hurt so bad. I was so ready for it to be done. Um, and so that's kind of when I was okay with it. That was my yeah. closure. So uh, I know you first through your explain explanations of your uh, experiences and accomplishments. You talked about all the different places you've been. You've been in a small gym. You've been in a large gym. You cheered in college. Did you cheer at your high school? Yes, I did. I so cheered you cheered in high school, school well. too. So you've been a part of like almost like every branch of cheerleading that there is. You've coached too. You've coached high school now. You coached in All Star with me. We coached together. Um, explain your experiences in those different cheerleading atmospheres and how like how your experience has been different in being in all what six coaching coaching high school high school all-star college all five different branches of cheerleading explain explain your experience there um okay so i think each of them obviously they're all a little different but each of them ties into um kind of a different not expectation but like it, it kind of depends what you're wanting um I love the small gym atmosphere. It was fun. I was probably the definition gym rat. I'd go straight from school to the gym every day, be there, had a key, I'd lock up at night and just tumble around. Um, I love the family atmosphere of it, um, but I wasn't able to kind of accomplish the big goals that I wanted there. Um, and when I realized that, then I went to cheer athletics mm -hmm. um, and definitely a lot higher energy, definitely a lot higher of a standard, but that's what I wanted at that time. Um, I was able to then grow even more, um, have the coaching that had the experience of winning those national titles, winning those world championships. And they were going to push me to that level if I liked it or not. Mm -hmm. And 
I think oh, yeah, a lot were. of that was, yeah, <laughs> a lot of that was definitely what I needed. And so not that that's the expectation of a large gym, um, but everyone always hears like, oh, you go to a large gym, you're just going to be a number and you'll blend in. And Mm-mm. no, no, definitely not. Um, I still maintain relationships with all my coaches from the large gym. And uh, that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's how we met. So, you know, I was a, uh, I was a groomsman in Jake's wedding. Like, like I met almost all of my great friends. I everybody I see on the weekends, I met through cheerleading. Like, it's it's even that large gym. I met great people and have great relationships with them. The cheerleading world is never too big. It's the mm-hmm. smallest world. Absolutely. But um, high school and college cheerleading. Um, high school is great. <laughs> I mean, I coach high school now. <laughs> There's a strong wasn't... coming after that. It wasn't necessarily like the challenge, I guess. Someone who was a world champion and world contending athlete going to high school practice. I mean, (laughs) I was the only guy. So most of the time I'd roll in and they're working on cheers and dances. Well, I just had a megaphone and I didn't do dances. So I would just go tumble on the side. Um, But a lot of high school coaches, I know, especially they, uh, they don't necessarily have a lot of the experience. I was lucky. My uh, high school coach at the time cheered at Mississippi state. Um, oh, nice. And so she was, she could, she knew cheerleading. She knew how to coach and develop skills. Um, but I know a lot of people don't necessarily have that. And that's where the whole like sponsor mentality comes in. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to do it. I kind of, I told my parents I wanted to cheer in college and they're like, okay, you got to cheer in high school. And I'm glad I did. It taught me kind of just being on the sideline. It, it, there it's very different than all-star so i'm glad i did and had that experience especially with dead floor because that's just never fun no Um, it's not okay so we talked about all the experiences of different different things from coaching to being an athlete in high school in college in all-star which one do you enjoy more coaching or being an athlete this is hard because i can't really they're they're both different it's kind of two schools of thought i loved competing um, I hated practice. Fun fact about me: hated practice. Really, I would show up. I would show up and be like, oh, "I'm gonna have to go full out. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be awful. I'm gonna be so tired." And but but I loved what I was doing too. At the same time, in competitions, you show up to competition and made it all worth it. Um, coaching, I thought would would be worse, better, just different. Um, and it is different. And I love coaching now. Um, and I would never go back to competing. Um, <laughs> you sure? Oh, no? You don't think you can do it? No. <laughs> There's not a worse feeling than sitting backstage waiting for your name to be called. Oh, I know. Time moves at half speed, and it's so nerve-wracking. You know what really um, impresses but- me? That there's people that are like eight, nine years older than us that are still going. Like, yes. how? I'm okay. I'm 23 years old and I wake up every morning and it takes my body five minutes to be like in a state where I'm not walking like an 84 year old man. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything has to minutes. Yeah. When I wake up, I look like I belong in a, like a geriatric home. Yep. Same. But uh, I love coaching now. It's helped me. I I love the relationships I build. Um, Part of the reason I became a teacher was because I loved coaching at all starts here and building those relationships with those students. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I can do that more widespread, why not? And that's probably to me, the best part of coaching and just being able to teach those athletes things and lessons like we're talking about mm-hmm. um, that 
they'll sit around 10 years from now when they're not having anything to do with cheerleading and helping them be successful for job interviews and just life. Um, so I love that part of coaching and I, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> All right. So we've been a part of a lot of the biggest, we, I mean, we, we were both coaches and athletes at the biggest gym in the world, the most successful gym in the world. Um, we've been in contact with a lot of people. I would like you to name some impactful people in that cheer world who have affected your day-to-day life as an adult and your data, like outside of cheerleading as a person, like you're like, man, I'm, 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 t- I'm teaching these kids. This one keeps talking. I want to kick him, but I can't because this person said I can't. And I remember that from, from when I was on his team. Um, so I'm going to break this into just like coaches because obviously they're very influential people. Um, and then just like teammates, athletes, people I've met, um, coaches, I of course have to start with Brad, Angela, Jody, and Courtney. Um, those were the four different coaches I had when I was on cheetahs. Um, as much as you love or hate some of them, I learned a lot from them. Um, Courtney probably taught me the most about being a leader. Like I remember at practice when we had a terrible full out instead of chewing everybody else out, she'd be like, Jake, come here (laughs) over there. And she'd be like, you need to get your team together. I don't know what y'all are doing. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And I'd go back to the circle and be like, guys, I don't want to get yelled at anymore. Um, can we do what we need to do? (laughs) Um, so obviously like I learned about being a leader, um, and how to kind of lead people through her a lot. Uh, Brad, Angela and Jody, I think I'm one of very lucky people who was coached by all three owners of Cheer Athletics. Jody kind of had a brief stint in coaching mm-hmm. a few few years back. I caught him on um, I caught him on the backside for like six yeah. months. I got him for like six months. Yeah. Uh, but and then they were my coaches, and then they became my bosses. And um, I actually coached a team with Brad, um, and I think that helped a lot seeing him outside of a leadership role and pretty much as an equal. Mm-hmm. That was. I, I know at first that was very intimidating and kind of hard for me was like, okay, I want to do my best because you're my boss. But also if I disagree with you, that's okay. Um, that's one thing working at chair athletics that, that, I mean, you don't really expect. And I mean, it's whenever you're on a team, what do we have three or four coaches, depending on the size of the team, most likely most, yeah. most of the time, four coaches. And regardless of how long someone's been there, regardless of what they are to the company, you're all equals. I mean, that was what that was one thing that was amazing. And don't get me wrong, it's not like, oh, like I've been here for six months and I get to say what happens. It's not that. It's just like your opinion matters the most. And you obviously coaching with Brad, I coach with Angela, you take their opinion into like, oh like you have you have twenty plus years of experience. Of course I'm gonna listen to you. Of course we're gonna you're just you gonna weigh a little higher. Exactly. <laughs> You've built the biggest and most successful company in cheerleading and of course I'm going to listen to you. But whenever I was like, I have an idea, it wasn't like, Oh, you're new. Stop. It was okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's see how we can make it work. And that, that to me was like, wow, this is, this is crazy because it was like, you've, you've been coaching for six months. That was my first, first real coaching job was at CA. You've been coaching okay. for six months and we're going to, Angela's like, we're going to take you and make you, make you good at your job. Yeah. And that was awesome. Um, I know for me, like I'd been coaching, since I was in high school, but like at small gyms and that was my first like big gym coaching job Mm -hmm. and walking into athletics. I was like, I know what I'm doing. Like I've had teams compete, but never to this level, never to this extent, never with this amount of planning and preparation. Like what do I need to do? Um, 
So that was that was interesting. But uh, also athletes and just teammates and people. Um, obviously, you. I mean, we're it. very very similar. <laughs> um, to the point where I almost root you on as if I'm rooting for myself. Like no matter if you're cheering for OU, um, I still can support you. And you also sell me 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but, uh, also, if, if you don't watch college football, um, OSU being the OS, Oklahoma State Cowboys, the worst football team in the world, lost to OU, um, the OU Sooners. Um, the best football team in the world this year. And Jake and I made a bet and he had to tweet Boomer Sooner seven times, which I'm sure made him go absolutely nuts. It was the worst week of my life. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, there's that. Whatever, Braden. Um, other people, I have to mention Shannon. Um, obviously he's one of my best friends. One of the people who's closest to me. Braden was in my wedding. Shannon officiated my wedding. Um, but I know when I first started at Triathletics, it was a little rough. Like I said, it was like, hey, welcome. You're in the big leagues now. Figure it out. Um, contrary to popular belief, there's not like any staff training or anything. You just show up and they're like, do your thing. Um, and I co- was lucky enough to coach a team with Shannon. And I remember close to the end of the summer reaching out to him and being like, hey, I'm really insecure about what I'm doing. I really don't know what I'm doing. What what can you do? And Shannon literally took me under my wing. We became super close almost inseparable best friends and I, I wouldn't be the coach I am today without him as a mentor and role model and just kind of taking me under my wing. Yeah. That's the hard thing. The other person. That's the hard oh, thing is that it. like with, with, with coaching chair, there is no training. You can't train for that. Like you can't, it's just experience. Trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, Oh, let's do it. If it sucks, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then the other person I had to mention Tucker, I know we've talked Amazing. about him. Um, when I, I met him when I was at Oklahoma state and I remember every time we do elite stunting, it was me and Tucker. And then normally two different girls. Um, and he, I, I wouldn't be able to coach stunt technique if it wasn't for watching Tucker and Tucker critiquing me. Um, but it was nice to have someone like that, that I could have level headed, easy conversations with Tucker. Um, I still talk to him to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just been a great, I guess, like, person in cheerleading that i know who has definitely been like a role model um and someone i'm like hey i wish i could still be cheering like you are you doing something right yeah and i oh my god i could go off on a tangent about him he's a fantastic person one of the best athletes i've ever seen just really need to get him on earth oh yeah absolutely down to earth um works his butt off dude like day job night job no like um he's just tucker i i'm very blessed and like i know you mentioned mentioned you too we're both blessed to have tucker as our friend because he's just fantastic as a person as an athlete as everything yeah for sure props to tucker props to tucker shout out to you come be on our podcast (laughs) all right last question for you jake my friend what is the funniest moment from your cheerleading career um Okay, so there's probably a lot, but the first one that came to my mind, kind of when we were talking about this, um, was uh, both of them, of course, involved throwing up like yours. Um, <laughs> and I never was a puker. Like, I did not throw up until that final year on Cheetahs when Courtney showed up and was like, hey, we're going to work 10 times as hard. <laughs> um, but that first full out we did that year, I think we were even doing like halves, like not even the full full out. 
but I just started to feel funky. I was like, this is weird. And like mid full out, I was like dry heaving. I was like, okay, I got to go over here. So at that time, that was the old chair athletics. I'm old school where I was at the Garland gym and had to move everything to the Plano gym. But uh, I started, oh yeah, they extended practices by like an hour (laughs) on each end to pack stuff up or meet and move it out of the trucks. Uh, But anyways, we were doing these full outs and they had trash cans on the side of every floor and ran over, was throwing up. Well, I didn't know the routine ended and everyone's talking and I'm still throwing up in this trash can on the side of the floor and I get my butt chewed out for not being in the circle. (laughs) So I pick up the trash can, head stolen it, waddle my way over to the circle and continue throwing up next to a whole group of people so I uh, apparently can hear what Brad has to say. So that and then uh, when I was on Cheetahs that final year, I was blessed to have the opportunity to cheer at the first majors competition. Such an uh, experience. Up until last year, I was the uh, on the only Cheetahs team that didn't win the majors, so that was awesome. <laughs> Shout um, out to Cheetahs last year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's not their fault. It was a tough year. It's okay. What? It happens, even to the best programs and teams. Um, but uh, we showed back up from Christmas break, and I will never forget Courtney pulling us all in and going, all right, go to your stunts. We're warming up. We're going full out. And, like, we'd been off two and a half weeks. And it was like, what? So – Two full outs later, I'm throwing up, and we had a teammate. It was me and uh, my friend Tanner. And we both, we're sharing a trash can. We're puking, taking turns. And one of our teammates came over and started taking pictures of, of us. And uh, Tanner looked up and was like, what do you think you're doing? And he was like, you're right. I'm sorry. And then five minutes later, came back with Subway and drinks for both of us. It was like, <laughs> here, I'm sorry. That's funny. I remember I had a... Um a designated like painter's bucket, you know, it was like five gallon bucket. Oh, I remember that bucket. Oh yeah. It had my name on it. It was, so every team had a, it was like, this is the, uh, this is the Panthers puke bucket. This is the cheetahs puke bucket. This is the wildcat puke bucket. And then there was Braden's puke bucket because they're like, you know what? He, he pukes more than all these teams combined. There's a picture. Right, of he got the most usage of any. <laughs> I'm just hugging. There's a picture. I'm just hugging the bucket with my head in it. It's just hugging it. I'm like, yep. That, that expresses exactly how it was at CA for me. Yes. All right. Well, um, I guess this is it. This is our introduction podcast. Um, We have big plans for future podcasts. Like we've mentioned, kind of interviewing people, um, doing different things, just different people throughout the all-star and cheerleading industry in general. Um, I know I'd love to cover competitions or even just look Mm -hmm. back and give feedback for competitions. Uh, Just one of my favorite things to do is just sit and watch cheerleading, watch competitions and see who's doing what now it's interesting it's funny to see how like the skills that they do now i'm like oh if you would have looked at me in like 2017 and been like what, what were what were they throwing on large co-ed like extended hand hands last year um when i won worlds in 2012 <laughs> my partner stunt was a toss target <laughs> lib hands extension pop off and our elite stunt was a full up body position double down but wait didn't she spin in a circle in that extension I did spin in a circle in the extension. So there's so that. I had some movement. But yeah. now, like, I watch Cheetahs when I was at True Athletics, and they're doing toss awesomes and squad full-ups, like, and I'm like, I, I couldn't make Cheetahs. Yeah, that's, uh, it was, it's crazy where they've gotten. Uh, like you said, competition coverage, hopefully getting there soon. And then general discussions, just about everything going on. Hopefully we can share some of those opinions that we were talking about earlier. 
Yep. Well, uh, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we don't have a name yet. We're still working on it. Um, we're still working on getting hosting and all of that stuff put together. But if you like this, please let us know. Um, we'll keep you posted with further developments as far as getting this out there and uh, episodes go. But uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. See you soon.